This is Getting Past the Subtitles. I am Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And welcome to the Nightcast. <laughs> Not that that would be relevant to anybody who listens because they don't know the time of day. We usually do these in the day, but we usually do this at night and it's past my bedtime. So, <laughs> uh, we are in week number two of our time travel time themed series and so last week we watched we kicked it off with time traveler the girl who left through time uh the live action from 2010 which was like a sequel reboot kind of thing it's really based on the novel um but yeah go check that episode out if you watched it you want to be part of the conversation but now we're on week number two and this week we saw Heaven's Soldier, released in 2005, and this one was directed by Jun Ki Min, um, and I think this was like the only movie that he's done, or at least that was on his IMBD. Mm. Uh, but an interesting film, very kind of Hollywood blockbuster kind of thing. I think it was released in July or something, so it very much has that like summer blockbuster feel. Um, but I found it interesting with, like, a bit of a political twist that we can kind of, like, talk about later. Uh, but this was your pick, Lee, so why don't you tell us why it was a fit, and what were your first impressions after watching it? Um, my first impressions was quite... Similar to what I expected <laughs> to get out of this movie. <laughs> Honestly, um, I didn't think this was going to be like the greatest movie of all time. Or, right. Or uh, it will give me some kind of unique insight or anything like that. I just thought it would be a fun movie. Um, kind of just to watch and to see um, these characters go back in time. And if you're familiar with Izun Shin... Um, you'll know of like just how like crazy right. of a general he was so just seeing that as well and kind of putting a twist to kind of who he is and and because like you know in korea yunjin is really revered as basically right. the savior of korea so seeing him in this different light and putting a different <laughs> twist on him and kind of Showing, like, maybe he wasn't, you know, yeah. always the kind of general that we expect him to be. And maybe he <laughs> kind of had a human aspect to him, too. And just kind of a normal dude who yeah. stepped up to the plate. Kind of kind of like that. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But mm. I think as a as a movie, like, it's not the greatest movie. You know, it's not, it's not like... Sure. It's I'm not, not going the... into it like, oh, this is an right, Academy right, right. Award, yo. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna win any Academy Awards. Let's just say that. But, but it is a fun movie to watch. I think uh, it's a little, um, I guess, over the top. But I think if sure. you're watching a time travel comedy slapstick action movie, <laughs> yeah, then it's kind of par for the course. So I think, you know, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's definitely like. I mean, it's definitely dramatic and outlandish in the plot and how it goes. 
But like you said, I mean, once you're throwing in like modern day soldiers time travel to the past and then meet like Yi Soon Shin and then have to save Korea kind of plot, like yeah. at that point anything goes, you know? Like I'm not you know, I'm not gonna take this too seriously. And then yep. it just becomes like I'm scaling it on an entertainment value right, than anything right, right. else, you know? And in that regard, it's good. Like it's it's really an entertaining film through and through. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have a good time watching it. Or at least I have. Yeah. And one one other thing is the uh time traveling aspect of it was a lot more subtle than <laughs> the girl who left through time. So I give that a pass. <laughs> it wasn't like like yeah, it was definitely more subtle. It was more simplified, I guess. Or I don't know, like oh well I mean there's no CGI craziness that like Well there is CGI, but traveler. it's very it's it's not it's it has aged better than the other one. Let's just say yeah. that. <laughs> and it happened five years prior. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But like the the way that the time travel is conducted is still like goofy. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's because yeah, of a comet, sure. which is like, oh yeah, we're yeah we're just gonna roll with that. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, it was really entertaining for my first impression. Um, I mean, it really kept my interest. And like I said before, it like as an entertaining film, it's great. And then it also, you know, it it kind of has a bit of a message in there too, with kind of like Korea Korean unification. Like it's very like pro that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's all about North Korea and South Korea like uniting together and like overcoming their differences and kind of telling their story. Mm-hmm. It's like there's such a huge difference that we can kind of talk about between like, when we were watching JSA compared to this movie, like, they're both pro, like, reunification in that message, but the way yeah. that the movie is made is completely different, right? Right. The approach that they have, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Towards the movie. And which, funny enough, like, I mean, they both work. Like, they do how they do it in their own lane kind of works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um... So why don't you walk us through what exactly did we watch here? So Heaven Soldiers starts out with um, military leaders from North and South Korea. They meet at the DMZ um, in a like an underground facility to discuss a nuclear warhead that they had made. But they have international pressure to relinquish the nuclear warhead the mm-hmm. north to relinquish a nuclear warhead and they're kind of basically forced to do that so the north korean officer major kang min gil he's not happy with the fact that they have to give up the nuclear warhead so he along with a group of his loyal soldiers decides to steal the warhead and you know take it somewhere else and while this is happening, the South Korean forces get notified of, you know, what's happening. And the military leaders from both sides, they decide to send a special forces to go and capture um, Major uh, Kang Min-gil. And the leader of this group is Major Park Jong-woo. Mm. And so um, on the river, while they are uh, chasing... Um, Kang Min-gil and his soldiers um, they kind of get into a standstill 
But while they're fighting, in the middle of the fight, a comet basically um, hits the water, and the people um, around the comet get taken um, back in time. And so these two groups of soldiers, the um, North Korean soldiers led by Kang Min-gil and the South Korean soldiers led by uh, Park jong they are taken back in time and they are taken to a period of time in 1592. I, I think that is correct, right? Sounds about right. And they're in the middle of this, like, basically a skirmish that's happening. And they are kind of shocked and they're not sure what's happening. <laughs> but, like, these uh, people with, like, swords and arrows start shooting them and attacking them. So um, they fight back and they win because, obviously, they have better weapons and they have guns and grenades. And so they basically win the battle in the beginning. And after the people around them, after seeing what happened, they start calling them heavenly soldiers because of their ability to basically just destroy people. <laughs> like out of thin air. For them, it's like out of thin air. So they're well, just they're like, shocked at that. Technically appeared out of thin air too. So they're like, yeah, and they oh, appeared out of heaven. thin air too. And so that's what happened. Um, but while that while that's happening, they also, um, the North Korean soldiers, they actually also took um, a scientist named uh, Dr. Kim Soo-yeon um, also as well. Um, it's kind of weird. I don't know why they took her, but um, <laughs> I guess it's for the plot. I guess, I guess <laughs> right? she would know like what to do with the nuke because she yeah, was just like, my plan is to steal like it, that. but I'm not like qualified to handle it, so let's steal the girl who is. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. So they also took the doctor as well. Oh, yeah. And so they go back in time and they ask around the pe- around the uh, village and they realize that um, they came back uh, to... Ni- uh, I keep saying 19. Um, 1572. <laughs> not, not 1592. 1572. Oh, okay. And this is a time period when Korea also called Joseon back in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of uh, Jurchen invaders that were attacking the border. And so that's why the skirmish had happened before as well. And so um, they're there and they're trying to figure out what's going on and trying to see how they can go back, um, go back to the future. And so while they're doing this, there's a regional, like this weird guy who basically steals from them. And, the soldiers, they go out and they are chasing this guy and they go back into the village. But the thief, they say, you know, the thief like cries out, oh, like these guys are beating me up and trying to steal from me. <laughs> and so the soldiers and this guy, this thief, gets taken to the basically the police back in back in that time. Sure. And they're in um, they're interrogated and. At the interrogation, um, the guy, the thief, is saying, like, these guys are suspicious people, and I I was, you know, following them and pursuing them to make sure that they're not doing anything bad, and they're probably, like, thieves or something like that. You can check out their clothes. They're wearing some weird clothes, and, and you know, he's giving all these, uh, you know, 
uh-huh. this testimony. And while that's happening, um, it's like this whole comedic bit. And the thief and the soldiers, they uh, end up being imprisoned. <laughs> Either way, regardless, <laughs> but all, all of them get imprisoned and they're taken to the prison. Uh, but while that's happening, um, another group of the soldiers who were not caught, they decide mm. to uh, free them and they take him out of the prison and they yep. go back to um, this hiding place that the thief used to is hiding at. Mm. And the thief had hidden the uh, guns and stuff. So the uh, soldiers are trying to figure out like where he hid it. And meanwhile, while that's happening, um, the North Korean soldiers are trying to find the nuclear warhead that um, was missing while they right. traveled back in time. So they're trying to find the nuclear warhead while the South Korean soldiers are trying to find the ammunitions and the guns and stuff like that. But uh, the thief, whose name is Lee Sun-jin, he is actually, um, you know, like we mentioned, a general mm. who later becomes pivotal in um, fending off the Japanese invasion. But yeah. he has stolen the guns and he hid it somewhere. But while he's like burying it, a little girl uh, by, like sees him burying it. And she later comes back to the uh, hiding area and takes one of the one of the pistols <laughs> and goes back. And while she's going back, um, some of the Jurchen spies, they see her and they take her uh, you know, hostage and basically um, uses her as a way to um, try to get Yizunshin to tell them like uh, where everyone, where those soldiers are so that uh, the Jurchens can basically kill them. Uh-huh. And so Yizunshin gets captured as well. But... Um, Isenshin is saved by the North Korean soldiers who happen to be, you know, looking at, around for the nuclear warhead. And the nuclear warhead was actually in the uh, Jurchin area for some reason. And it's not, <laughs> not, it's not ever like told no, it's just, why. It's just there. <laughs> it's just there. <laughs> um, they were scouting around for it and I guess they saw it there. But it's weird because like they have it, like the Jurchin people actually have it in their tent. Yeah. Um, so yes. after retrieving the nuclear warhead, the doctor, um, she calculates the comet and realizes that in, in a few days, um, the comet will come back. So if you're at the right place, then we can go back um, to the future. But then she also realizes that time flows differently in the past compared right. to the future. So it's going to be a little faster than she anticipated. And the South Korean major park he actually wants to train Yisunshin because he knows from the future that he's going to become yeah. this great general so he's trying his best to try to like you know make him go towards that path <laughs> but yeah. Yisunshin is like no that's not what I want to do I'm just a petty thief I'm and he's also he also smuggles ginseng so he's like a ginseng smuggler <laughs> as well and he's evading the law and stuff like that right and so there's all of this uh, different tension going on while that's all happening. And at the end, after the death of one of the soldiers, the South Korean soldiers who was getting close to Yizunshin and they were starting to become like brothers, quote unquote, right? Uh, um, he actually like dies all of a sudden by these jurchen arrows that get <laughs> shot at night. And and after that, like Yizunshin kind of, his heart kind of changes a little bit. 
and he kind of wants to like you know fight for uh, the people, the villagers, and stuff like that. So by the end, Isenjin um, kind of rallies the villagers, and they prepare to fight the Jurchen. And the South Korean soldiers and North Korean soldiers decide to help him out. And the thing is, while the battle is happening, they realize that the in order for them to go back in time, uh, go back to um, the present, right. they actually uh, it's at the time of the battle. So like. They have to figure out what to do, and and the North Korean uh, people and the South Korean people they decide to soldiers they decide to stay and fight with the um, with the people of the past, and basically the doctor is the only one who makes it back to the future, and the soldiers, North Korean soldiers and the South Korean soldiers, most of them they they fight and they die during the battle. But some of them actually, they survive and they fight with <laughs> Yusunshin in the right. Japanese invasion as well and stuff like that. So that's basically how it ends. At the end, it kind of shows um, that the general Yusunshin was able to, you know, go through all of the right processes to become the general he is now. And, and so that's how it ends, basically. They become part of history. Yeah, they become part of history. <laughs> yeah. Moral of the character story is getting murdered, like just getting cheap shotted. <laughs> like literally Dude. every single character in this movie, except for like the two majors, just get cheap shotted. <laughs> like yeah. each, every time. I was so shocked when that first uh the private, I think, just yeah, got that first shot guy, with like fifty arrows. Like, yeah, I was he so got, shocked. He just got whacked. Like I was like, I didn't know times. it was this kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know this was that kind of movie. Yeah, it, I had the same thought as soon as I saw that. I was like, oh, that's PG thirteen out the window. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then literally everybody else dies like the same way. Like they just mm-hmm. get hit by an arrow like out of the blue. Yeah, like in that scene where the guy gets his arm chopped off from like the swordsman on the horse, yeah. And then the other, then the uh, the North Korean or the South Korean guy goes to help him out, and they always have like this like rivalry kind of buddy buddy relationship. Mm-hmm. And then it's like at this moment where they're like friends finally, and he's like, "You can't die!" Like he's giving in the speech, and he yeah. takes off his helmet, and then he gets like headshotted by an arrow <laughs> as he's trying to put it back on yeah <laughs> it's like that's what happens when you take off your helmet for no good reason never take off your helmet bro never and then and then what really got me is the other guy gets like mad and emotional and like starts to go ham but oh, he yeah. takes off his helmet right after that happened like you didn't just learn the lesson that, <laughs> like in front of you Let, let's keep our rational brain in check yeah, you know <laughs> exactly like you just lost an arm now you're gonna sacrifice your head too yeah but I mean, whatever. it's it's fine. And then, like, even the character that uh, Madden Sook plays, which I mean, once you see him, you always know it's going to be a decent movie, at least. <laughs> <laughs> no, surprisingly, there's a lot of uh, A-list actors in this movie. Mm. This is like young him, though. You know, I feel like this wasn't. Yeah, yeah. This was when he was yet. cheap. <laughs> this was when he when he you know his He's he like, was cheap. <laughs> I'm still scraping together through B rolls. Like this is that movie for him. Yeah, but all three of the main cast, like um, 
you know, uh, Major Major Kang and Major Park and all of them were actually, you know, they're actually really yeah, well known yeah. now. So, yeah, even even um, the Doctor Kim Soo Kim So Young. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I recognize mostly the um, the North Korean major uh, Kang Min Gi, the actor, probably more than anybody outside of like. Madison, oh, really? Of course. Even some of the other guys kind of look familiar. Um, what is what is your favorite kind of scene throughout that film? Um, there's a lot of good ones. I'll say that. I actually liked the the night um, scene when they when Yi Shin and the soldier, the young private, they kind of yeah, like, like exchange the heart the heart. words, hearts heart, yeah. and and Yi kind of starts opening up a little bit and then that like shocking moment kind of uh-huh. happens <laughs> like that was the one moment that really just like grabbed my attention you know because <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't like a lot of the other parts were like funny and like you know it's a joke and especially like the prison um scene and the interrogation scene that was like hilarious yeah, funny, that was at least that was funny. Like the guy, like <laughs> playing like, with the grenade, Tim, <laughs> and he's like a terror. He doesn't know he what like it is a, at all. He hit a grenade in his chest, and then like the interrogator like found it, and then he started yeah. figuring out. Like he pulls the pin, and they freaked out. He's like, "What do you say?" He's like, "Hold on, like, I'll do I'm gonna work them want. more." <laughs> yeah, and mm. just like you know, it's all very like fun and jokes, and then that moment. When they're like kind of finally like kind of making progress with Yuzin Shin. Sure. Like he just dies right away by the <laughs> arrows. And like the scene, like it's like this moonlit scene, like super big moon and like the light coming and then the arrows just like hitting him in the back and him saving Yuzin Shin from, from the dying. So like that moment is very memorable and is, I think, like impactful. So I think that's like one yeah. of my favorite scenes. And he just like sacrifices himself to save. And him. then yeah, it's just it's just cool because I think you realize like you can't expect anything. Like there's no you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's always some something that can happen. And I, I like that in movies. And I think that's what one of the appeals of like, you know, Game of Thrones as well, you know? Like mm-hmm. you never know what's gonna happen. Like like <laughs> when the bloody wedding happened, the red wedding happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the kind of thing that people are like, oh like I did not see this coming, you know. <laughs> Yo, so that family got those... murked. <laughs> <laughs> those kind of things are always kind of interesting yeah. to see. So I, I, I think I like that the most in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it was inter- interesting for me because it, it changed like the playing field of the movie. Like it grounded it in a different side than what, like what you were watching beforehand. Mm. It like it gave it stake. Like at that point, you were like, oh yeah, like I don't think everybody's gonna come out alive at the end of this movie. And interesting enough, by the end, like, I mean, two people do, but like, for the most part, nobody goes back home. You know what I mean? Right. Technically, no, nobody goes back home except for the doctor, except for the physicist. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I see, I see. So that was an interesting way to kind of end the film too. Um, I didn't even know who lived. Like those guys, I don't know who those two were. (laughs) Yeah. Can't like recognize them. Ma Dong Suk doesn't live. Ma Dong Sak doesn't live. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I really liked. I really liked the interrogation scene. That's probably like the funniest one. 
uh even like the first scene when they get transported in the middle of the skirmish and they're all just like what and the one soldier just like slaps himself and he's like am i dreaming yeah and then <laughs> in that moment too there's like the horseman who just like cuts off the head of the soldier in the very yeah. beginning <laughs> and then like one of the soldiers like gets an axe thrown to his chest and he dies and yeah. even after that they're like still in shock in mm. just like lob a grenade at the crowd <laughs> uh yeah i think it was interesting that like how much do you think like okay talking speaking to a person that's like doesn't know much about korean history right or like too much of kind of the culture like how much do you have to understand how important like Yisun Shin is to really like grasp the movie and like the stakes and like the relationship, you know? Cause so you, you can say... think of it like, ahead, like you can think of it like them going back in time to the revolutionary war or like sure. the civil war mm. and talking to like a young Lincoln or talking to a young George Washington. Yeah, Like yeah, that's yeah. the scale of like importance that Yisun Shin has in Korean culture. Mm. So you can think of it like that. Yeah, I think like you, because like similar to me, like I, I like because of you, like I kind of understand who he was already, and I was like, oh yeah, like that's that's that guy because mm-hmm. of the other movie that you recommended. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But even like with the little knowledge that I did know, I don't think that you would need to know who he is. Like they talk about it in the film. Like right. obviously, there's that whole scene where like. <laughs> where like Madan Sok is, is like super communist and he thinks that uh the other um hold on what did he say in the line? Oh, Kim Il Sung had fought off the Japanese and saved Korea. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. He's like super like dramatic about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, No, you idiot, like So they kind of like explain it, like they give you a little bit of um exposition on who Yishu, uh, Shin is, but you mm-hmm. you won't know like how important he is. Like, right, I think that's kind of the problem with this movie. If you're kind of going without knowing, like you really won't understand like the depth of like how big of a character he is. Right, like in history and such. So, yeah, this is very catered towards Korean people. Obviously, it, um, oh yeah, because any like Korean, that. any Korean you ask will know who he is and mm-hmm. just the importance of him. In, sure. in Korean history. So, like, there's no doubt, like, at, as soon as you hear his name or, you know, you, you mm. see him mentioned, like, you know the... There's context behind that, where as, sure. like, a foreign audience watching it, there's no context behind that. So it is obviously going to be... It's going to hit different, you know, mm. for a, a foreign audience. So that might um, make it a little less impactful, but I think the movie still does a pretty decent job of kind of... Um, hinting or or you know make establishing yeah. the fact that yeah, he is an, you an important, idea. Yeah. Uh, important yeah. person or a general or would be general you know like mm-hmm. so i don't think there's any problem on that front it's just the level of impact i guess yeah that, yeah yeah i 100 agree yeah i thought it was um interesting too of like how that whole thing happened in the movie it's just like this jackass is this really the He's yeah. <laughs> just like scratching his balls like in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's like I don't want to I don't want to do the uh, training. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they have the to do like ball. PT and he's like I don't want to do any of this. Yeah. 
He's uh, like, I heard you're good with a bow. And he throws the bow at him. He's like, and he's no. just like, <laughs> nah, nah, it doesn't even catch it. I thought that was kind of cool that, like, that's the, like, that was the huge payoff of the film. Like, his bow skills, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, not yeah. once did you see how, like, his legendary skills with the bow and arrow up until the ending of the film. Mm-hmm. Which you knew was like, well, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's going to be, like, super, like, something that's definitely going to come back. As a big reveal, per se. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, any, I mean, anything else for me that I really liked? You, you know what? I will say that I wish that I, that I had a DVD copy of this movie because I didn't see it in the best of quality. Like, there's a yeah, lot of pixelation for... going on. Yeah. I don't know about for you, but... Like, the last, and, like, the last scene like the the grandiose like action scene mm-hmm. like actually looked really good but i really couldn't make out anything of what was happening because of, <laughs> like all the pixelation so i was like really like disappointed by how much how much i couldn't enjoy it and i was really sitting there like this seems really nice like really choreographed well really good and then it's just like constant editing and like when images are moving too fast, it all becomes a blur. And I'm like, God dang it. Gosh dang it. I think action scene wise, I don't think it was bad per se. Mm. I don't think there was anything like crazy. Or or uh, yeah, I, I don't think there was anything like sticking out that was bad. Um But I, I don't know. I think like you said, like you talked about the the like the ambush arrows that like comes out of nowhere and like stuff like that. <laughs> I think it sometimes kind of cheapens the level yeah. of like action. Sometimes you're 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 expecting like some kind of big fight or like a uh-huh. uh, you know some kind of uh, really like one on one climax or something like that. But like right, it just right. ends with some like arrow that comes out and just shoots somebody or something like that. So well, it's like an uh, overused gimmick, like because they use yeah. it that first time and it's like oh, like kind of shook. And then they reuse that same thing, like, as a cop-out for all the other side characters. And yeah. then, like, the only people that get, like, die honorably is uh, freaking, like, uh, not Kamiga, but Park Jong-woo. Park Jong-woo. And... He technically doesn't even die. He He's actually alive until, you know... Yeah, yeah. Like, even both of them, like, it wasn't even definitive that they necessarily died, per se, but... I think it's kind of done that way because like none of the side characters had rivals per se mm-hmm. like you know there's always like one good guy versus a bad guy and even for side characters are like i got my on that guy mm-hmm. and then when like the final battle happens you'll see like a one-on-one between those people and it's kind of like a payoff fight scene yeah but like here there's only like the sub leader of the uh right, the tribe right. and then yeah. like the like the, the main leader <laughs> yeah and, the and then major, that's yeah and, the, and then that's it and then like everybody else like doesn't have a foe to kind of connect with you know so mm-hmm. in that way i guess we're just like well how do we kill them eh, cheap shots you know like yeah i think that's probably like the weakest uh point of this movie i think it really doesn't uh flesh out too much of the people of the past i think and and mm. kind of the situation, right? Like the like the Jurchen people and like all of Jurchen, that. Right. 
like it it kind of makes it kind of uh it, it's implied everything's implied and everything's assumed sure. that you know what's going on whereas i think if you're a foreign audience watching this you're kind of confused as like why are they fighting or like who are these guys and why are they like <laughs> doing the stuff that they're doing you know yeah so i think in that sense it might be a little confusing or like i think it's it's a weak link because they i think if they did flesh them out a little bit better it mm. might have made the movie a little more uh you know right interesting yeah no overall. i can speak to that like i didn't know that there were jurchen people like i had no context of who that enemy was like i just knew more of like who yusun shin was and then more of like oh yeah he's the one that is going to defend korea from when you know the japanese initially invade yeah but before that i didn't know of any like you know previous history of you know who else invades korea in that sense right so you i kind of get lost in that and just kind of pin them as the bad guy yeah but two i found that i mean we can talk about it's like i don't know if it's a problem per se but i guess yeah and the way that it's lacking like there's the movie seems to like cram a lot of different elements at once like a lot of plot lines yeah like like the main one it like like there is just a a lot that happens you know story-wise in a film it's like oh north and south korea like finally unite to make a warhead and then like then they have a falling off like it's just like it already starts with a bunch of like exposition right like yeah this whole new thing and then it dumps you into like they're in the middle of a firefight then a comet comes by and then they get time traveled to 1573 or something mm-hmm. and then then it's like a whole new story and then now it's like what time are we in now we got to find the warhead that goes missing and then now you're just trying to throw in all these subplots of like oh the jurchen people and it, it kind it gives you like these little scenes with the jurchen it kind of sets you up with like you know now that the like the sub leader like the general or whatever he is has like a grudge against uh park chun woo and like all those guys yeah. and it just keeps it's like it just keeps throwing into you all these different subplot like like then he soon shin p- comes out of nowhere and then it, and then like another subplot is like kang min gil has to like shape him up to take the military test again and then on top of that kim su yun is trying to figure out how to get him back into the proper timeline like it's all these different branches that happen and in a way it like you kind of lose like a focus it's like well what's you know what's like the actual meat of the story you know what i mean like the problem is when you do that you just you lose like concentration on some things you know there's yeah, like and a, and, a and you don't care for the characters as much, right? Because everything's exactly. so split. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably the biggest issue with this movie is like, you know, nothing's really fleshed out. Everything just kind of <laughs> like, it's like popcorn. Hey, here's yeah, one thing. Here, here's here, another here. thing. You know? It like all happens in real time. And then like as the viewer, you're trying to like check, like track like all the different characters in real right. time and there's like and, so and, many just so many different characters to, and everything kind of starts feeling rushed right at the end right. too like during the battle and stuff like that and the the time thing and when she's like oh wait the time's exactly. actually uh going faster here <laughs> or slower whatever it is like yeah it just kind of feels rushed and forced a little bit and it doesn't feel 100%. like fleshed out <laughs> to the point where you're right right you're at peace with what's going on <laughs> in the scene. <laughs> like that's the problem because once you do something like that, like you're going to pay for it and you're going to pay for it at the end of the movie because you got to mm-hmm. like, you got to bring it all to an apex at some point. Yeah. And like at that moment is when you got to tie the knot. So like once you like figure out, 
it is expedited because then she's like, oh, it's going to happen in five days. And then half an hour before the movie ends, she's like, oh, actually, like, here's plot, plot, plot. Now the reason is it got sped up to like a day earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some BS reason. And then now it's a 50-50 chance that we're going to like be able to survive or not. And then literally like just about everybody but one person is on board to do it. And then Mm. as soon as they get to the boat, they all abandon ship. Like all for one guy. You know what I mean? So it's like you all changed your mind out of nowhere. So they they just bounce from like one subplot to the other subplot. You know? Yeah, I agree. It's like, are we following like going back home or are we going to follow Yi Shunshin's like leadership? You know what I mean? It all like just comes together too fast. Yeah. And I mean, and then it even comes like they kill Madon Suk's character, like because he has to defend the boat. So it's like, well, what the heck was that even? What was the point of that? But yeah, I mean, they kind of like that's just a problem with, you know, just trying to cram so much into it. Even with um, like like the Jurchen people subplot, right? Like, because like the big leader had like the son, and then he was like kind of like teaching him and he was like big in the interrogation scene yeah and then when they finally like found his son sleeping that's where they found the warhead then like they murder him and then like the grand leader is like mourning his death and it's supposed to be this thing that like carries along through like the final invasion against like the other like korean village people but it's mm-hmm. it's like yeah we don't really care about that whole plot point because it's just thrown in there like it's never you know what i mean it's like how convenient, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like just laying the crust, like laying the. It's like the the, the Jurchen leader's son just happens to be sleeping, and the North Korean people they just happen to be there, and I they know. you just happen, happen to, to see the, the pistol. Warhead. They happen to see the warhead. You know, like, it's just like <laughs> oh, you know what I was gonna say earlier. That moment for you when like the arrows come for that one soldier. The moment for me was when they threw the spear at the little girl. Oh, dude. Yeah. When that happened, I was like, okay, all bets are off now. You're like, like, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. (laughs) I was like, that's crossing some lines. That is crossing many lines. (laughs) This is no longer family friendly. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no. Yeah, that that was rough. Well, obviously, this film has uh, underlying, you know, themes and things that there's an agenda, I think, behind this movie, if you, you know, think Mm. about it. And this one is a lot more blatant, I think, in that, you know, like in how the North and South, you know, soldiers come together to fight a battle in the past and and they reflect on this great general who fought (laughs) for the country. And like, it's very... If you you know, think about it in that sense, it's very almost propagandistic, you know. Uh, yes, and, honestly, and and very on the nose about what the movie makers, the filmmakers want out yeah. of the story and and the message out of this film. So I don't I know. Mean, take that as you will, I, I guess. But it is kind of embedded a lot in in Korean films, I think, especially. Mm some of the more major blockbuster, almost like a lot of the war movies, especially, they have that kind of message. Sure, um, yeah. You know, we've watched a lot of war movies already. It seems and... tied with that theme. Like, you, like you're going to make a war movie. Like, if the Korean's going to make a war movie, it's like, 
Well, it almost always is. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's almost always about you know reunification or an right. essence of like two sides and trying to figure out how to you know bring them together. So yeah, yeah. I guess it's like I mean, like again, like just speaking from an outside point of view, but uh, you know, you talk about like war food, war movies in general are like inherently patriotic, or, like natural, right. nationalistic, right? Obviously. Yeah. It's like you're fighting for your country in that sense. And like just bringing up that topic, it's like, whoa, now am I just talking about like like South Korea as a nation alone or like both Koreas? Both. Like, you know, yeah. like you, you talk about war and like you automatically kind of have to talk about both sides because it's both Korea in history, but like to mm-hmm. fight. Like, you know what I mean? It just brings up like like demons in the closet, like skeletons in the closet kind of thing. Like definitely I mean, it's like we said, it's super clear as to like what their stance is, like how poignant they are and the point that they want to make, you know, mm. like you said, like how they see, you know, reunification and how they see how they want to handle like it is, is super blatant. So like it is definitely biased, you know, coming from South Korea. Go big or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like it's it, <laughs> this movie is just like so on the nose with it, even like even when in the scenes that they try to divide each other, like he, like somebody whether it's Kim Soo Young or Yi Soon Shin will come in and like clear the air like so <laughs> like that scene where he tries to divide like the sand and he comes yeah. in and just like kicks over the sand line. It's just, yeah, like, it's just so like you you know automatically you know what I mean. You're right. There's always so, that emphasis on on the line and the split and the separation. Exactly. And then yeah. somebody who comes in and like <laughs> kicks it down or like, but like even like the Madongsa character, he just goes over to get some food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know stuff it, like that. Just like the little bits of like, you know, whatever. Like patriotism is out the window. It's like not being a person. Mm. Share food together. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I applaud this movie and you know doing that and like i said earlier also being just an entertaining movie just being like a good sort of blockbuster like weekend movie film as well yeah like i mean you could it's it'd be hard for you to like not see that part of the film but at the same time you can thoroughly like just have a good time with the movie at the same time you know i think it's a great it's a great way of doing that balancing act of like wanting to have a message and then making a solid film at the same time, you know? And I think that's, like, compared to JSA, it's, like, more of a serious, quote-unquote, film, with also being, like, a little more subtle with the message. But, like, that's the way that the film was conducted. Like, that was why it was made, you know? Mm-hmm. Here, it's kind of, like, a different spectrum, but ultimately, they have the same goal, right? So, yeah, I mean... I applaud this movie for having depth while also being like inherently kind of superficial in a way. Yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, it, it's just a very like crazy movie. I think <laughs> like just, just slap <laughs> slap all of these things together and, yeah. and just stir it up in a in a pot and let's yeah, see what we get. Kind it's of a movie. lot. It is a lot. Yeah. I mean, I was I really was taken aback when they killed that little girl. I was like. Mm-hmm. So what's the tone of this movie? Exactly yeah, now? yeah, the tone <laughs> like, is all over the place. <laughs> I was like, what? 
That, like that, that's kind of like the charm of the movie too, though. That's like the weird part. Uh-huh. Like I like the fact that they kind of just go everywhere, <laughs> and and it's almost acceptable because it is a time travel like gimmick. Like it's just already like built yeah, yeah, exactly. into the yeah, fact yeah. that like. This is already going to be nonsensical. Just might as well indulge it, you know? Exactly, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like... I mean, especially when the premise of it is a comet is the reason we time-traveled. Like, <laughs> automatically it's slapped with, like, don't take me serious. Yeah. And then for the rest of the movie, like, that's what I live by. And then you're not as, like, shocked when everything else happens. Or, like, you're not as, like... Like, oh my like, god, okay. like, what am I watching? You're just like, that works. I guess silly. that works. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't take me serious. Don't take me serious. Yeah, but I mean, still good. You know, at the end of the day, for me, it's if a movie's entertaining, it's good. You know, that's the bar. That's like the, the base level for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so good pick, you know. Still old, you know. You could probably pick something recent for once. <laughs> so next week we're gonna talk about another older film. This is uh, this one came in out in two thousand. It's called Ditto, also a South Korean film, directed by Kim Chung Kwang. Um, I believe it is. Uh, you are able to rent it on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, if you are, I don't know if you subscribe or if you just have to get it on there, but either way, it's mm-hmm. there. This looks like it's more of like a romance time travel kind of plot, right? Yeah, a lot smaller in scope. Let's just say that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is a different vibe, guys. This is a different vibe. <laughs> but this is what I love about like time travel movies where like you can time travel for anything, you know, <laughs> for sure, love, sure, yeah. for war, for peace. <laughs> There's something love, big or something small. For hate. For some weird message. Yeah. You can go on some weird trip. Time travel. Yeah. Yeah, it's a flexible, like, thing. Like, it's a flexible tool. Yeah, like, what yeah. you do with it, I guess, is up to the person yeah. making it. <clears throat> and there are no, like, no rules. Like, you can really just bend it how you will. Like, you can go... You know, something realistic, you can go with something like fantasy, you know, you could, you know, I mean, both of the movies that we watch have been out of the ordinary so far, Yep. but, but hey, but hey, um, so yeah, I'm pretty looking forward to this one. I do remember like seeing this movie and the poster a couple times, Mm -hmm. but never actually watching it or I'm pretty sure I've never watched it. So it'll be a nice check off my box here. Is this your first watch, or is this like this is my first as well? Your first first as well. Yeah, it should be interesting. Again, it's Ditto, and we will watch it next week. See you then. Bye bye.